0: what's up everybody and welcome to episode 119 of the lukewarm games podcast your weekly source for unique perspectives on all things video games and pop culture as always i'm your host luke lewis and this week claire and i are joined by super special guests abby howard and tony howard arias from black tabby games to discuss their journey into game development and the inspiration behind their current projects scarlet hollow and slay the princess so without further ado please enjoy our interview with tony and abby All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lukewarm Games Podcast. We're super excited to be joined by two special guests. We have Abby and Tony from Black Tabby Games, the developers of Slay the Princess. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for being here. We're incredibly excited to chat about your game. Um, Claire and I, it was easily one of our favorite things. We got a chance to play it at PAX East and... It's it's so unique. It's so cool in so many different ways. So we're excited to kind of pick your brain about it and learn more about your inspiration and the process behind it.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, we were really surprised uh, by the reception at PAX. We had no idea that people would enjoy it so much.
1: Yeah, like we, we knew people liked it from the first demo release, but yeah. I think it's there's, there's this... Um, There was a very special thing about PAX this year where we started work in the game space like in March of 2020. So we were isolated the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like we've been making and releasing things in that window, but all of the interactions we've had with people have been almost exclusively digital. So this was the first... Sure. Our first real experience sharing something in person
0: and seeing people engage with it in person so mm-hmm. it was kind of magical that's amazing I love yeah. that yeah it was definitely like I think it became the talk of the show in many ways by the end of the weekend I played it on Thursday morning I believe and then I, I quickly told everyone in our circles like you have to check this game out this weekend while while you're here and so um yeah I tried to spread the word because it, it was really yeah, re- so really much. something
2: yeah, oh, I'm so glad that people were talking about us. Yeah, <laughs> to all of their friends, we had a lot of people come by and say that they had been recommended by their friends or.
0: Oh, I love that! Yeah, so yeah. and I think I originally had the game recommended to me by um friend of the show Jenny Wyndham. Um, she oh, yeah. came Jenny's on several weeks there. ago. Yeah, she's she's the best, and so she's all I'm always following her to kind of get good recommendations yeah. of games that I I might be interested in and that I wouldn't have otherwise heard about. So she's like yeah. great at like surfacing amazing indies like yours i think
1: yeah it is it is incredible just seeing the web that 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 comes from like a single person in a context like this sure it's like cool. there are there are a small handful of people that we can point to and be like wow i guess like these people figuring out what we're working on and enjoying it is like the reason all of these other people know about it it's like we, we regularly do surveys for our games where we'll release like a new demo for Slay the Princess or a new episode of Scarlet Hollow or other visual novel. And I always just have like a free form. How did you hear about us um, questionnaire? And like for that, for a lot of our players, for the longest time, it was like 15% of people who knew about us, found out about us through Gab Smolders. Because um, she's been doing a Let's Play of Scarlet Hollow on her channel. Oh, nice. Channel. And now it's like, still about 15% that, and then like 20% found out about us from Manly Badass Hero. And then whenever we talk to people who are like in games journalism, uh, it is almost exclusively Jenny.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That, is, that is a very <laughs> roundabout
1: way of being like, wow, Jenny is amazing. I'm so grateful that she found our thing and connected with it. Um,
0: yeah, that's very great. Cool
1: that there are connectors like her in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's a small world, but at the same time, a big impact with the people that you connect with within the games industry. So that's really rad. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, before we dive deep into Slay the Princess, because we have quite a few questions about um, the game as a whole and kind of your inspirations there, I'd love to hear a little bit about how Black Tabby games came together. Um, I know, Abby, you have a storied history as, like, a cartoonist and working in in, um, comics. And then, Tony, previously you worked in tech and kind of made your way into the games industry with Abby as well. So I'm kind of just curious about that journey and what inspired you to start creating games together as a married couple.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we were engaged by the time we decided to do this, right?
2: Yeah, I believe so. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we were at uh, New York City Comic Con together.
0: uh, Okay. And Uh, I was, like
2: kind of looking at what I was going to do after I finished up the book that I was currently working on at that time. Yeah. And, Tony and the startup was... I was
1: working on had just failed. So <laughs> I was looking for a new thing to do. And sure. I was not super happy with any of the places I was talking to. Um, yeah. And
2: I was not super happy with any of the pitches that I was really yeah, working I mean, on at that time. I,
1: I liked the pitch for... Um, am i allowed to say names yeah sure i like the pitch for dead diana yeah it was was very fun but it was not well it wasn't ready
2: it was not ready Um, anyway maybe that'll be one
1: that's revisited at some point yeah but uh, But we were both at a crossroads at new york city comic-con we were having like a conversation with a friend um just kind of talking about wow it'd be cool if there were like if there was a dating simulator but they were all monsters and yeah like
2: you know actual monsters yeah. instead of I am a guy but with teeth <laughs> Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> sure. I love a guy, but with teeth. Look, but I, mean, I also want a little something yeah. extra. Different so. folks
1: for different folks. And
2: of course, it's uh, barreled out of control from there very quickly. I mean, it was that for maybe a few hours. Yeah. And <laughs> well, it, it was that
1: for a few hours. I think after we left drinks with those friends, we turned to each other and we're like, well, we could do this as the next thing. Um, and. Abby's had such a long and storied career in comics. Mm -hmm. It was. I've been a cartoonist
2: for 10 years now, so. Yeah, for sure. It
1: felt kind of safe because we knew we could rely on all the folks who love her work. Mm -hmm. um,
2: And moving into a visual novel from comics is a, a very simple jump. I mean, I had to learn how to make sprites and backgrounds and make all of that work. But that was not terribly difficult. It's just kind of like shifting what I'm working on versus having to learn a bunch of new skills. Mm -hmm, And then uh, of course my audience, it's very much like a comic in a lot of ways, but just a very difficult uh, narrative, (laughs) Uh, like a very interwoven complex narrative compared to a a book. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's fun because like originally
1: it was going to be a, and this was the, the oh monster dating sim thing we were talking about originally scarlet hollow was going to be a series of disconnected vignettes that all happened in one town but it was he would go on a date with a character and then something bad would happen and it would become like a horror story um which I think is still actually a very neat idea. Maybe that's something yeah. we'll do at some point.
2: I still like that idea. But, uh, <laughs> it's much simpler, though, than what we're working yeah, on. Yeah, because we, we basically like
1: through lines.
2: decided to connect all of them. <laughs> so from there, yeah. it really, yeah. really uh, became what Scarlet Hollow is now. So that's Scarlet Hollow. Yeah. And then Slay the Princess started because we were a chunk of the way through working on Scarlet Hollow and wanted to see, because it's a very complicated uh, story and the art is very uh, time. Uh <laughs> it takes a lot of time to work on the art. Yeah. So we were just like what can we do in like two weeks, yeah. maybe a month tops. So um, then that's where say the princess came from. It's a very right. limited setting. Uh it's one central character and it's mostly narrative. Yeah.
1: It I like in that that motivation kind of spawned from the position I was in where I had a lot of downtime with our workflow and process where Abby We, like, discuss all the story beats and outline everything for an episode of Scarlet Hollow together. Um, She writes the first draft of the script itself. And then, like, I write the second draft and code it and add, like, some extra dialogue options and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: While I work on the art. While
1: Abby works on the art. But then it's, like, there's this period where um, for every single episode... It's like the, well, this is the time when Abby writes, and I guess I'm just sitting around spinning my wheels, um, playing marketing. some games and mostly doing marketing and just being mm-hmm. like, oh God, what are what combination <laughs> of words and images do I do to make people more aggressively um, purchase our early access episodic horror visual novel, mm-hmm. which Scarlet Hollow is doing very well. It's doing much, much more well after uh we announced Slay the Princess, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it, it, was, it was in a position where it was like, I couldn't even just sort of wait um, because there's like an urgency of, we have a business to run, we have bills to pay. And this is like almost a living wage, but it's not quite there yet. So what yeah. do we do about that?
2: What if we uh, marketing, marketed our first game by making a second game? Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically what we did. Yeah it's paid off.
1: Yeah. So, 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 yeah, so much of it came from, all right. um, We take the fact that Scarlet Hollow is this early access visual novel that people are eagerly waiting for updates for very seriously. So how do we use our resources as effectively as possible to not disrupt that but make something else so we can keep things going in the meantime and also maybe I'm allowed to tweet less and I don't have to be I don't have to learn TikTok and all of the other frustrating marketing (laughs) things Um, so that's how like that that initial starting point of okay so what if there is one location what if there is just one character that's visible at any point in time because this was coming off the cusp of episode three of Scarlet Hollow where like there's a ghost hunt in it. At
2: and its worst, there are you, nine characters on screen. They're all yeah. individual sprites. They're not their base sprites. So I had to draw individual new sets of sprites for each character wow. in each location, uh, such that they all fit the, on I, screen. I had to move the sprites. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things we do with,
1: with Scarlet Hollow is um, kind of like to take advantage of the fact that Abby is an extremely talented and extremely fast artist um so like that that first demo for slay the princess um you've played the second one the first one which had i think it was six versions of chapter two though the cabin wasn't entirely different mm-hmm. um but it's like she did all the art for that in one week and that was wow. like sprites. Uh, that was a dozen backgrounds each of which are layered on top of each other so we could have the parallax effect um so, you know, we could bank on if the art is straightforward enough, um, she can move quickly. We also, like, the art in the game is all pencils instead of mm-hmm. colored and thoroughly shaded inks. I mean, the pencils are very shaded.
2: Yeah. And there is color
1: inside like the pencils. But...
2: It's nowhere near. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> it's like on paper half the size yeah, if yeah. Not of the paper that I work on for Scarlet Hollow. It's all hand-drawn, by the way. Yeah. I forget yeah. if I mentioned that, but... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was so just... It, it was like a series of intentionally designing things where it would impact abby's time minimally um and like she's she was the big what's the word i'm looking for um like your time is the bottleneck Mm -hmm. for things that we do i'm I'm not the bottleneck with scarlet hollow
2: yeah because i'm Um, working on scarlet hollow continuously right so it's basically just like make sure I have enough time allotted to finish uh, slay the Princess, but yeah, it's going very well so
0: yeah that's awesome. Yeah, that
2: is anyway. awesome
0: yeah it's it's cool to have kind of a little insight into the the business strategy behind the games as well um I'm curious um. Something that stood out to me when I was looking through your website bio was that you describe your games as being at the intersection of horror and humor, and I thought that was really interesting. And definitely, after playing *Slay the Princess*, I, I can see that kind of dark comedy and that um, that vibe. What's the inspiration there, and kind of how does that relate to maybe your own personal interests and tastes when when you're creating? It's fun.
2: Yeah, it's fun. Also, having moments that, of levity. That, that's a
0: great answer. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they, <laughs>
2: definitely, they definitely help, uh, I think, putting the reader at ease for then the moments of horror to land a little sharper. Uh, mm-hmm. I always feel that way. But also, I mean,
1: it's both, right? It's both.
2: Like... And of course, it's just that this is inherent to both of our writing styles. Thank we very much for raised on both comedy and horror and the combination of both. So it's just kind of the natural inclinations that we have.
1: Yeah. And I, like, I I do think one creation is the most is at its most enjoyable when you are creating things that are fun when the process itself is Mm -hmm. fun. Um, I think it also makes the end product better if everyone has a very good time when they're making it and they enjoy the process. And I mean, also what Abby said where, I think part of the reason we like it, and part of the reason that we enjoy it, is because of the way it lets us um, play with like the emotional state of our players.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think there's definitely something where when it is constant horror, sometimes it means that there's a lot of tension built up, and then it all is like paid off when a big scare happens or something. Mm-hmm. But there's also a technique of what we kind of do, which is, well. Make them forget they're in a horror game until yeah. the moment of horror creeps up on them. And then they're just like, oh sure, my it God, i was not ready for so it. So much worse. I was in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I think... So there was um, this ridiculous thing that happened um, a couple weeks ago. I think around the same time of PAX where somebody... Somebody played Scarlet Hollow on an airplane and then got yelled at by an old woman and then made an "Am I the asshole?" post about this on on Reddit and also like very much in the post oversold um, how horrific the imagery in the game is.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but then like a bunch of British tabloids started writing about this story. Because oh my I gosh! Guess British tabloids <laughs> like mine Reddit for content. At so this funny. Point.
2: There's one in France. One in Brazil. Yeah. And so they, they, they'd
1: mind They mind the sun. They, they'd mind the sun, which mind the mirror, which mined the Reddit posts. And that was how that spread virally. But it, it's one of those things where it was like, it was extra bizarre because the imagery in our games compared to kind of mainstream violence in video games mm-hmm. is not.
2: Or in movies. Or in movies
1: anything. or like just the culture in yeah. general. It's not particularly out there. And I think yeah. for the most part, it's almost like more tame. Um, but it's, I think it's like part of the fact is the shock value of yeah. you are, your guard is so lowered, you're put at ease, you're enjoying the jokes. Yeah. And then suddenly like the knife of emotional or, you know, visceral. visceral, uh, impact gets twisted and it makes it stay with you longer. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Definitely.
1: I can think of that exact moment in the Slay the Princess demo. The <laughs> and I've replayed it multiple times. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah,
0: the arm. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that so was great. her. <laughs>
1: I like I, I I don't remember if in the first draft she still gnawed her arm off or if that was something you added. Um, but the art was definitely a lot scarier than I thought it would be. The tone of the game changed. Once yeah. yeah for <laughs> sure. It definitely
2: did. It. <laughs> Tony is much more of the, uh, I humor like jokes element. Yeah. So yeah. kind of thought that this was going to be a straight comedy game. Um, and then forgot that I am the artist working on this and the editor. <laughs> so. and,
1: and it's better for it. Oh yeah. I, like I think, and I, think I mean, one of the things... having
2: both of us be passionate about it as well. Uh, not just have one of us be a hired hand, but both of us kind of have, a stake in it and yeah and edit each other
1: yeah and I think that's something that's great about working together as a married couple we're we're both writers and we both have like complementary strengths that have like a lot of overlap but then there are some things that Abby does that are so good in ways that I could never do something like that I mean I don't know if you've gotten the good ending in the Slay the Princess demo. It's, you would know. It's
2: okay, I don't think I'm so. not sure. I don't think so. Yeah, Based it would that. say you got the good yeah, ending. Yeah, it's good ending that, that, that didn't like, happen. that. was yeah. art
0: that I did.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and it's, just um. like, it, it, it's in part jarring because it's like it's right next to all of this beautiful stuff that she hand hand-painted. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I originally did not want to keep that in the full version because the the, like very loose first draft was a text based game that had no images that I wrote while Abby was visiting her parents to show her, wow, look, I did this thing in a week. Maybe this like do a second game idea could work. And I made one image for it for when she figured out how to slay the princess. And it was it was just this awful thing wonderful but awful uh ms paint good ending you saved (laughs) you did it you saved every one thing that has like a five minute looping applause track over it (laughs) nice and then everyone who play tested it loved it so much that they were like no you can't replace this with something else this is this is what
0: needs to stay there oh that's perfect
2: well i gotta play it again so I yeah i think <laughs> we've,
0: we've each played it a couple times yeah. and it's been really fun to kind of afterwards dissect like okay so what did you do what happened and have this kind of water cooler discussion yeah. after the fact yeah. um that kind of dovetails into another one of my questions that i wanted mm-hmm. to ask of with *Slay the princess specifically do you view this as kind of a strictly single player game or do you envision like i Think of games like supermassive games or telltale adventure style games where like Claire and I are with friends have gotten together and it's almost like a group movie night where we experience these like interactive narrative games together. Is that something you kind I of picture happening with Slay the Princess? Like
1: you you were at our booth in PAX. Um, sure. So you saw the setup we had. Like we yeah. decided the best thing to do was get a giant screen, rent an enormous speaker where you can hear sure. the uh our voice actors did such a good job where you can Mm -hmm. hear their voices from like down the aisle because it does feel like it's a communal experience um i think the way we handle branching in our games um
2: it very much lends itself to being able to compare notes with other people yeah or to have another voice telling you you should do this thing that you might not otherwise do i would say it's almost
1: necessary especially (laughs) for
2: scarlet (laughs) like Mm -hmm. say the princess there are definitely some points where individuals will get stuck because they started out on a certain path and then, like, just don't see where some of the branching is. Yeah. Whereas then, like, another voice in the room might be like, have you tried doing this? And mm-hmm. I think that's the probably good. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, like, it's okay to not see everything in the game. Right. Yeah, it's not designed around The attempt is not
1: to play anything we make until you truly 100% it because it's just too big to mm-hmm. actually sure. go through and do it. Like, Scarlet Hollow is 600,000 words long now. I don't know how long the final version of Slay the Princess is going to be word count-wise, but we generally like to do things where um, a lot of important scenes in our games are like this expression of really complicated conditional logic, such that Mm -hmm. um, a a lot of scenes will feel unique for each run because... They have all of these different building blocks that can flow into each other from different approaches to the story, but they still paint the same gist of the Mm -hmm. scene.
2: Like in in Slay the Princess, even if you wind up on the same route as somebody else, you might get there a different way. You might see different scenes depending on how long it takes you to kind of get down the path. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to see.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. Did that like, general scope of the narrative structure evolve over time or was that kind of your intent with slay the princess from the jump to have that level of branching paths and that level of like possibility for different experiences uh i think the answer is both
2: yeah it was always intended to have a lot to see and a lot of different paths depending on what you do but as we have developed the paths it's kind of been obvious like the whole reason that we released uh the second demo is because there were paths that did not feel like they were expressing what we wanted them to express. Yeah. And so we wound up got expanding it. them. Uh, like some of them wind up being split into two. So like there are now 10 princesses. There that were you were six get, originally. And there, a there a were six originally. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, yeah. yeah. So like to give uh, an example, um, do you remember which ones you've gotten? You don't yes. need to remember the names. You can just describe them.
0: Um, um, I
1: got the adversary and the damsel. Okay. Uh, Those are actually two of the ones that we wound up splitting. Um, So the adversary originally was called the fury and Mm. like she was the outcome where you take the knife down in chapter one and you die. And it doesn't matter how you die. It's just, she kills you and that's it. Um, And I think when we got stuck, um, with like writing sort of the, the endings of those paths because it wasn't expressing, it was expressing something too broad. Mm -hmm. So the adversary then became um, you take the knife down, she kills you, but you kill her and like a back and forth type of combat. Mutual combat. There's the tower, which is like this, you know, giant angelic, Um, Dami, mommy, to the adversaries like Devil Woman, and she's from trying to fight her after you bring the knife down, and then kind of dying um, either because of dialogue options you picked leading up to the fight, or because you clicked one of the numerous give up and die buttons, which we now have a purpose (laughs) for having. Um, And then there is also we added the razor, which is you bring the knife down and one you, way or another yeah, you,
2: you choose choose certain options that there give are a couple of ways knife. to get there like she gets a knife or you just doubt that she is what she says she is yeah and then um, leave yourself vulnerable to attack yeah. so
1: so, then... it was, so it was like expanding the scope there um actually made the storytelling angle we were going for tighter yeah. uh mm-hmm. because it was all of those scenarios were now describing much more discreet relationships. Yeah. Uh, and then with a the damsel, there was a similar thing. Yeah. Where... If
2: you bring the knife down and you rescue her in the original, she just defaulted to the damsel in chapter two, which did not make a lot of sense because if you bring the knife down, she's, she's different, very different. Right? Like, like she, she has, has a colder
1: voice, different
2: yeah. voice lines. Um, like it's a very different vibe. Yeah. So, so just having her,
1: two.
2: yeah, having her kind of show up in chapter two is just this nice anime girl. <laughs> like not it, it, of it doesn't quite add up. Whereas so. now the prisoner is an extension of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, in chapter
0: two. So, yeah. yeah, that's really really interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you touched on how the voice acting kind of changes depending on your choices. I'm I'm curious, what was that process like working with um, your voice actors and also um, the music in the game? How both of those kind of complement. Um, the experience in different ways. God, I mean, I think
1: we did a very good job hiring people.
2: Yeah, definitely. The for sure. We have great range. Um, we hired Nicole because we watched her play a playthrough of uh, Scarlet Hollow oh, and heard cool. her range of voices for everybody in the cast and we're just like, she could voice a lot of different princesses. And yeah. She has a princessy voice. Oh, I mean, I, so, I, yeah. I
1: remember being so impressed with their Scarlet Hollow streams because I think... Oftentimes when you write, and I don't know, maybe this is just a me thing. I I assume it's not just a me thing, but it's like there's a very specific cadence. You imagine something being read. And I find so often, I think something that's great about how Abby and I work together is we're good at understanding each other's cadences. Um, But I think something that happens so often is, you know, you can give a line to someone and then the read is just so removed Mm
2: -hmm. from
1: what you thought it would be. And sometimes there's very good interpretations there. But I remember when Nicole was playing Scarlet Hollow, it was like every the the voice of every character she did and the way she read every line, it was just like, oh yes, this is what it's supposed to be. Um it was the same for Johnny. Yeah same for Johnny.
2: Yeah. I mean he's just incredible, of course. So yeah, working with them it was very fun. Um they need very little direction. Uh, sometimes it's it's tough like I think the razor we're still working on the stranger we're still working on but
1: that's more the stranger than the razor I feel very happy about where the voice of the razor um settled Mm -hmm. and then for for the music side of things we've been working with Brandon our composer for over three years now Mm -hmm. because he was like he was the first external person we brought on to work uh, for Scarlet Hollow, and he
2: is so fast. Yeah, he's and he's like... incredibly
1: fast because he 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 got his music start writing music for podcasts and like scoring entire oh, podcast cool. episodes and very cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you as podcasters understand the intense cadence of what you do. You put so much stuff out there constantly, mm-hmm. um, so there is a just certain speed that comes from someone who has to score and compose you know, an hour long horror podcast every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So he's able to write a lot of music. And I think we just have a very good working relationship where I'm not a musician. Um. I think you 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 sort of music a little or you used to.
2: I used to. Yeah. So um, I know terms.
1: Yeah. You know, um, some ter- I've been learning terms, but we're able to talk about, we're able to show Brandon art. We're able to talk about who characters are and what a track should express and he's very good at capturing that and he's very very good at kind of iterating with us and figuring out how to take the first draft to a second draft and then how to take that to a third draft and sometimes he just sends us something that's perfect the first time and he's a perfectionist and a very iterative person so uh, sometimes he will send us something perfect and then change it. And then I'm like, oh God, no. And then he didn't save the original version. and But then we still wind up there anyways. And mm-hmm. yeah. And what's, what's so tough about Slay the Princess's music too is much like so much of the art is variations of the same thing, but colored based off of the decisions that you made. Um, the music is like, it is the same theme every single track is the same theme and being like, okay, can you take this theme and now make it feel like this and now make it feel like this. And then here's 10 more (laughs) versions of that, that you need to make it feel like. And how do we then take that thing that you made and either tone it down for a calmer conversational scene or escalate it into something else.
2: Yeah. All of us were driven a little bit to madness <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. yeah yeah it's uh it's tough but we're doing it <laughs> like i know i had to uh for all of the chapter twos they all have different backgrounds inside of the cabin it's mm-hmm. three different backgrounds that i had to do 10 different times but they have to structurally be the same so they have basically the same dimensions and the same general look but mm-hmm. they're all slightly different but i had to hand draw all of them like from scratch every time <laughs> to look different to be made of different materials yeah. It was a little mind numbing. And I
1: think that's something (laughs) about why it's effective because like um, you are, it's similar enough that you have a grounding base between each iteration. um, But then you're able to see the differences. Um, I think we, we both really like, um, making interactive stories where the branching, you always like to describe it as a braid. Yeah. Um, where it's like these twisting paths that keep intersecting and then going out and intersecting and going out. Mm-hmm. And I think what a lot of the people who like have put a lot of time into playing our games like about it is that it is a story and it's a story they like and they keep getting to look at that same story from different perspectives. hmm
0: yeah, that's fantastic, and yeah. it definitely comes through. Yes, in, in the game, I think. Um, I think as we so start are. to kind of wrap up, I'm I'm curious. Um, first off, how how fans can support the game? I, I know you have a, a Patreon and also um, wish list, and within this conversation of early access, like how best can they they support the work that you're doing? And then, kind of within that same gear, what kind of updates and Things can we expect in the coming months with maybe both projects?
1: Yeah, um, geez. So you mentioned the Patreon. Um, I will say, please only give us money on Patreon if you can afford to give us money on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Sure, You're doing okay. Yeah,
2: um, <laughs> uh, we have a Discord. Yeah. That's a great way to get uh, announcements and that sort of thing, yeah. updates. There's always Twitter. Uh, for as long as yeah, so, <laughs>
1: wish listing the game on Steam is yeah, is very helpful. Yeah, extremely in playing helpful. the demo and then getting the mind worm of having played the demo and needing to express it to the world, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: uh, you can always buy Scarlet Hollow. It's an yeah, I don't know but...
1: when this episode is going live, but for Ludo Naricon coming up on Steam, which I think is May fourth to May eleventh, Scarlet Amazing. Hollow will be twenty five percent off, which is. The kind of static discount we have decided to run for the remainder of our time in early access. And then Scarlet Hollow will probably be in early access a couple more years because it is just
2: making sure that's not we're going to run a 25% discount for the rest of the time. No, it is. We will to
1: clarify. (laughs) Yeah, um, there will the the game will either be not discounted or it will be on sale for 25% off. And eventually after we leave early access, it will be cheaper than that, but that's going to be quite a ways in the future. Mm -hmm. So like, if, if you're a gamer who likes to wait, wait for the best deal possible, but would like to play an early access title now and join our community and talk about all of your fan theories, you can, um, you can buy it on that sale and not worry that, oh, a month from now it will be cheaper because Mm -hmm. that will not be the case. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got it. I was very that proud of that way. That was great. Game on. Yeah. Perfect. Listeners, please do all those things. Support yeah. um, this, both their projects. Um, really amazing stuff. I haven't specifically touched Scarlet Hollow, but I really want to, after playing yeah. the demo for Slay the Princess, oh, and especially having this conversation. Right oh, amazing. We'll appreciate that. Um, yeah. But yeah, and this episode should release um, a week from today as of, are recording for okay perfect um, so people
1: will know yes yes like a week and a half after that they can buy scarlet hollow
0: on sale indeed indeed yeah well um yeah this was awesome thank you so much for your time really appreciate it um really enjoyed the game best of luck on the rest of development um hopefully we'll run into each other at a future Future show or whatnot, yeah, but no, we, really I, appreciate it. I enjoyed PAX so much, so Absolutely. I yeah, want to awesome. Other things even if it's just as a visitor. Thank you so much yeah. for
2: having. Thank us. You yeah, so much. For having us. Yeah, so yeah thank you. Ha- have a
0: great rest of your night, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Lukewarm Games podcast. Some quick housekeeping items for you. Please subscribe to our show on your podcast platform of choice. We're now officially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. If you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash Games for exclusive podcasts. Podcasts and more. You can go ahead and follow at lukehorn Games on Twitter to get the latest updates on our show. And with that, have a fantastic week. Cheers and happy gaming.